Welcome to the Next Gen Podcast presented by Church on the Move. Our goal is to equip our leaders to effectively reach the next generation. Well, hey, everybody. My name is Sam, and uh, joining me in the studio today, we've got Jared Hogue. Hello. And Pastor Greg Scott. Hello, everybody. Thank you guys so much for, uh, for joining us on the Next Gen Podcast. And, uh, you know, Jared, I think it stands to reason that we probably should say thanks to our people. As always. Of course As we always. should, yes. We yes. can't, I mean, we literally, we cannot and would not want to do ministry without you guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you for serving, whether that's in a kid's environment or a student environment. Uh, thank you so much for the time that you invest into our, into our kids. We're so grateful for that. Uh, so, hey, here's the deal. Last episode, uh, we actually recorded our, um, uh, we did a lunch for our service, service directors, directors, and uh, we kind of started this conversation about uh, kind of some areas of focus that we were going to be uh, talking about uh, as it pertains to our next-gen uh, classrooms and, and, uh, and age ranges, all that stuff. And uh, we did some kind of broad overview of these areas. So what we decided to do was kind of dive down, drill down a little bit, if you will, on uh, each of these areas of focus. So today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about uh, the family experience uh, in our next-gen environments. And uh, as Pastor Greg mentioned last episode, this is really, really fascinating. Basically, a family or a parent will determine whether or not they will return or bring their their children back to one of our environments within the first 12 minutes of their experience. That's a a pretty staggering statistic. Sam, when we say experience, what are we talking about here? I think, you know, we, we addressed it a little bit briefly in the last episode, but basically it's, it's even stuff in the, in the parking lot, right? I mean, it's when they pull on the property from, from start all the way to check-in, all the way to pick up at the end of, of service and everything in between. It's, it's pretty much every handoff, every interaction, I think, is part of that, that weekend experience. Yes, that would be correct. We, it's obvious, Sam, you mentioned the 12 minutes. That's the first 12 minutes. That experience or a negative experience can happen in one minute. Yeah. You don't have, the gap is 12 minutes, but that can happen in, a f- in the first five minutes they're here, an experience in the parking lot, experience with a check-in, an experience with no signage, they don't know where to go. Yep, that's a uh, Us pointing directions instead of actually ex- escorting someone to a particular location. Things like that, parents decide. They are the decision makers in their home. And if they have negative experiences before they ever get into your auditorium to hear your pastor, hmm. they have basically summed up our church. And if you treat the kid good, they're happy. Yeah. If you treat them bad, they can excuse most things, but that experience walking in here, they to don't a new forget person, it. They do not forget yep. it. So it stands to reason, and this is something that we really, we've got to get right. This is a big deal. Yes. And so that's what we want to do. Uh, now, listen, it, it would be easy for us on, on our side of things to just sort of ask a pretty random, vague question, you know, how is our family experience? But there's no real qualifiers to that. And so what we've decided to do is actually put some, some language, some, some questions or filters that we kind of ask ourselves on a regular basis to kind of qualify if we're winning in this department or not, if we're winning in this area. Uh, one qualifier is the question, is our family experience family focused. Pastor Greg, could you elaborate just a little bit on on what that means, what that question does for our team? Well, one thing it does is it gets to focus on possibly the most important part of 
what we do, and that is the parent. Yeah. We rarely out-influence parents. Hmm. Uh, when you consider the number of hours, which we'll get into just a moment, the number of hours they have with them versus the hours we have with them, the truth is, is when we reach parents, we get exponential growth. You reach a kid, it's a plus one. You reach a parent, it's a plus ten. Yeah. Because when we when we when we win the leader of the home, we increase the effect in, effectiveness of reaching kids long term. Yeah. Not just in the short term. And so, the truth is here, we want to be. We want to be aware of both. We want to be aware of the kid that needs engagement and the parent that needs simplicity. Hmm. And when you have both of those, you you can win in a family experience. When you're aware of certain things that are going on, watching it, interactions, certain things that are going on in your environments, what does that feel like? We're so used to it. I mean, all of us have kids that have gone here for years. Right. So it's very difficult for us to walk into our environments and be truly objective. Hmm. So when you're here a long time, you're blind to things. Yeah, it's familiarity. Yeah, and when that happens, you have to work really, really hard to see anything negative in your environments. Yep. Man. Um, Okay, so let's see. Perhaps speak to the win that the kids... uh, Speak to where we maybe win the kids but lose the parents. That's a loss, right? We don't want to just focus on the kids, although that is important. It's it's an interesting dynamic because we do kids ministry. Yes. And so it's easy, like like you were saying, to kind of not that we would purposely ignore the parent, but we get so focused on I'm here for these kids, I'm here for these kids. And if we lose sight of the fact that no, 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 we need to back up a little bit, we're actually here for the 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 family. Yes. Uh, we could we could really screw the whole thing up, honestly, if we if we take that approach. You can. I, I have noticed this about parents. If I engage their kid, they like me. Yeah. There's a lot of things you can do, but whatever you do, you need to interact with a parent. But most of your time needs to be focused on a kid, because when you can't ignore the parent, and you need to make things simple and hassle free for them. Yeah. But when I say hi or engage your kids, uh, Sam or yours, Jared, if there's something that happens with a parent, it goes, I like that guy. Yeah. Or I like that girl. And it's basically caring enough to engage a, a kid where you yeah. talk to them. And then parents, you can win a parent by fully engaging their kid. You can't yeah. ignore the parent. But my whole thing with parents is the process of the check-in. The room environment's a totally different experience because the parents are not in there. Sure. But how does your hallways feel? Your check-in systems feel? How does uh, how's the handoff? Yep. A lot of parents are very. If they've been here a long time, you know this. They just their kids run to their classroom. Yeah. They don't even come all the way to the door. But you'll have many first-time guests that they want to see. Yep. And you even mentioned earlier, like don't we don't want to just point. Yeah, it's over there. We want to escort them, walk them to it. Yes, uh, it's, it's those little things that I think make a big impact. Yeah, because, I mean, we rarely go to new environments where, you know, we check our kids into a new church. Right. But when we do, there's always this nervousness about how is my kid going to interact? Are they going to be welcomed? The kids are nervous. So you want to answer as many questions you can, and pointing does not answer a question. Right. When you walk with them, there's an engagement that happens where conversation can begin. Hey, this is what's going to happen, and this is going to... 
but your people, our people need to be trained to yep. answer those questions in a very simple, yep. simplistic manner. And I, I think we can all uh, agree. We've, we've been in situations, maybe at a store, a grocery store, or an electronic store, and you've asked for help, and the, and the, you know, the teenage worker there just kind of says, oh, I don't know, it's over there. Man, that's happened to me before, and it is super frustrating. I can't imagine, you know, the assumption of walking into a church like, hey, they should care about me, and then to get something like, yeah, it's just right around the corner, second door on your right. Like, that's just not very hospitable. So something we can all uh, work on. So being family-focused means that it's not just about the kids and students. It's also very much about the parents. So how important is it that, that all of our leaders view our parents as allies, not some sort of neutral third party and certainly not even our enemy? Practically speaking, what are some ways that we can partner with our parents? Well, in Scripture, we, all, we see Jesus allowing kids to come to him. His disciples really got upset about that. Jesus would allow kids to come, and he would bless them. He'd lay his hands on them, and he'd bless kids. However, he did miraculous things for kids when parents were involved. That's good. Which is critical for parents. But it's, it's also the numbers that we have to back this up. The parent has more influence than we will ever hope to have. You actually did the, the numbers at some point, right? How many hours they have versus how many we would have? Yes. Uh, parents have the potential of 167 hours of influence each week if we have one hour. That means if they come every week, every week, there's 168 hours in a week. And if they come one time, they come every week, the parent has 99.4% of their time. We have 0.6%. Wow less than one percentage point that we influence their kid. If they come every other week, the parent has 99.7% and we have 0.3%. So somebody may argue, well, my kid sleeps, you know, eight hours. So we, I extracted 56 hours if they average eight hours a night. And that means we have 112 hours of influence. So if they come every week, that's still 99.1% is on the parent and 0.9% is on us. Yeah. And if they come every other week, 99.5 and 0.5. So everything is in the 99s, no matter how you cut it. Yeah. 99% of the influence is coming from the parents. And less than 1% of any spiritual content is coming from us. Yep. So to ignore a parent is detrimental to a kid. Yeah. And so we have to answer these questions and be in partnership with parents in this family experience. That's exactly right. I think that's the key word, partnership. Um, You know, of course, the parent has the most potential influence in the life of their kid, but but we've seen in in things that we've studied, a a parent's influence isn't the only influence that that a kid needs. They they need uh, an outside source. We've we've talked about this statistic, 70% of students end up walking away from the faith, right? But that number gets cut right in half when there is a, a Christ-loving, godly man or woman outside of their parents that is pouring into their life. Yep. That could be a small group leader. That could be uh, you know, someone who welcomes them every single week, a consistent face they see at the door whenever they come into that environment. It's a huge deal that we would have them involved. Yep. Plus, Scripture teaches that kids need to be pastored. Yeah. I mean, even when Peter denied Christ three times. Once Christ got him to where he could talk to him, 
and and he admitted his wrong. He just he asked Peter, "Do you love me?" "Yes, I do, Lord." He said, "Well, feed my sheep." He did it three times, feed my sheep, and the last time he said, "Feed my lambs." And the the concern that we may have is that parents need to understand that your kids need to be pastored. It's a biblical mandate to put your kid around pastoral environments. And when we when they do come, we have to engage. I was speaking to Jared before this podcast, and, and we were talking about these numbers. Yeah. Which, which puts a lot of, I don't know if pressure is a good word, but if we only have them 0.3% of the time in a week, we better bring our A game. Yeah. We got to be about our business. We've got to have content and an experience that goes. I want to go back. It also reminds me of something too that that I've heard you say that God can do a lot with our little. Yes. So even that point one percent, although it by comparison seems like man, how can we make any kind of difference with with just point one? Well, God can take that little bit of time and actually magnify it and and you know plant seed deep in the heart that takes root. Uh, which is encouraging. It also reminds us it's not about us anyway. It's about what God does yes. through us uh, to help these students. And I think yep. you just you never really know what your what the interaction that you're going to have, what kind of weight that can actually hold with somebody. Right. I mean, as much as even as simple as a smile and asking the question "How are you?" but oh, actually yeah. meaning it, uh, that can be a huge deal. Um, and even kind of practically speaking, I would encourage all of our volunteers that even just as you're driving to church to serve on the weekend. Just pray and ask God, like, hey, anybody that I'm coming in contact today, use me. Yeah, I- I'm here, like, open hands, use me. Uh, I think we'd all be blown away if we started doing that, the interaction we could have with not only the kids, but with the parents. Um, the, and those things can add up to be huge things that we may not ever realize how big of a deal us just asking someone, how are you? And genuinely meaning that right. question, not not the, hey man, how are you? I'm good. Right, and then moving on. And then like, move on. No, no, right. no, like Sam, really, how are you? Well, uh, no, 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 oh, no, no, don't, don't get into it right time. now. Okay. But I, I, I think we undervalue that, and that how far that can go with a parent. Um, and you never know; you may relate and have a similar story that can reach out to the. I mean, at Dry Gulch all summer, we've been talking about how your story is intended to help someone else. Yeah. And so God may put you in someone's path that you have no idea, and you may never know the impact that you have. But taking that time and being family-focused, not just kid-focused yep. or parent-focused, but both, it can make a, make a huge impact. That's awesome. I, what a good reminder just to be intentional. I mean, I can remember, you know, and there are even days still, even that I'm on staff, but when I was volunteering man, having the weight of work and whatever else, driving in to, to volunteer on a weekend service and just thinking, oh, man, I don't, I don't, I'm not really wanting to do this. There are days where you don't really feel like doing it, but, but making a concerted effort and an intentional decision that I'm going, to, I'm going to serve, I'm going to care about the students that I interact with and be intentional with the questions. And like you said, ask God, hey, show me, lead and guide my steps so that I have... Um, meaningful conversations with students. And so, man, good reminder for us to be focused. And I wanna, uh, Sorry, I want to jump in one other thing there, and this is actually something Pastor Greg has pushed our team on, is we want to be, it's kind of a jumping off point, we want to be efficient with systems, but effective with people. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in that context, it can be very easy. You were saying that you've got the weight of your work on you, and so you're driving here and you're just thinking, man, I've got, I've got a task I need to accomplish. Yeah. 
And that, that's not why we're here. That's People right. are why we're here. That's right. And so it's very important that our, our focus is not on a task per se, but it's our focus is the people that we'll, we'll get the tasks taken care of. And those are important in our checklist and all that. That is important. But the most important thing is the people. Yes, that's right. People trump processes. 100%. You have to have processes. But when a situation comes up where that a call has to be made, which one am I going to serve? It's always the person. Yeah. And we get in trouble because... Will you say that again? That's that's so important, that the, the people trump the process. Yeah, people always trump the process. When you're looking at a process and a situation comes up that is you have no policy for, the people always trump it. Yeah. You go with the person, find out what they need, and get that done. We're never going to get mad at you over it. We're never going to reprimand you over it. Uh, we want you to serve the people. There's so many diverse needs in families. And another, and we're, we're going to get to this, but the thing about it is, is we have to understand that parents struggle to get their kids to church, yeah. especially the younger they are, especially moms. Moms have, they struggle all morning to get the kid up, get them dressed, get them here, and keep their sanity. Right. And when they hit our experience... Do we add stress to it, or do we remove stress? That's great. And that is huge because there are fights in the car. Yeah. And when they get out, there's this, oh, I'm at church, so I'm going to act good. Yeah. The kid knows it, parent knows it, and all of our processes need to be hassle-free, simple, where we can get kids handed off in a timely manner without um, a lot of hesitation and frustration from parents. I, I Man, I can totally attest to that, that – my wife oftentimes is because I'm up here early at the church. She's often getting our two kids ready by herself. I can't tell you how relieving it is when we walk into our two-year-old classroom or now last night was Pepper's first time in a three-year-old classroom. And when the teacher, the person sitting there for check-in says, oh my gosh, hey, Pepper. And they're so excited to see her. Like as a parent, how, how relieving that is just to know like, oh yeah, you care about, you care about my kid. Um, And you know my kid by name. Um, cause at that age, often the name tags on the back and they remembered her name from weeks previous, how big of a deal that is yeah. and how, it, how much it puts Ashley and I at ease when our kids go into their classes. Well, our, our understanding and acceptance of their struggle should be noticeable. Mm-hmm. When they're checked in at nursery, we should know and be able to sense that their stress, yeah. do everything you can do to, to, to kill it because they're going to go see, they're going to go hear the word. Yeah, And we want their environment to be what it's supposed to be when they go in there. We're going to take that on us. We absorb it. We are going to absorb yes. that because if we don't, they're not coming back. It's, uh, it's, so another way to put it, Pastor Greg, I've heard you say this before too, we run to the mess. Yes. Like we don't avoid it. We don't turn a blind eye to it. We don't act like, uh, well, I guess they'll just kind of handle that on their own. Anything we can do to serve, that's, that's our job. That's exactly right. Uh, man, good stuff. Okay, so real quick, we'll wrap this up. Parents, obviously, they're the shot callers for the kids, right? They determine within 12 minutes uh, if they're going to allow their kid to return of, uh, to any of our environments. So practically speaking, how should the weightiness of that concept affect our interaction with parents and guardians? Guardians, And we've, we've talked a little bit about this, absorbing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts practically how our, our leaders can help to do that? When you check in, when you check in your kid, the kids, it should be simple, easy to use, hassle-free. Yep. Everything we do should be a smile. Hi, how are you? Can I help you? 
I mean, I have parents all the time. Our kids run through our hallways because they own the hallways. And I'll be walking through the hallway, and there'll be a kid just running, and they'll always say, oh, I am so sorry. And I said, no, this, this is, it's my job to get out of your kid's way. Yeah. It's not your job to get your kid out of my way. What this, an awesome perspective. This no kid, kidding. This, this hallway is your kid's. An adult in here, we yield. Yeah. That's so liberating, I think, because I, honestly, I feel like a lot of our volunteers probably, we have a high level of excellence at this church. There's no, no denying that and, and no apologies for it. We, we love that. But there is such that standard that we oftentimes think, okay, we got to make sure everything is perfect out here and that we're, you know, the flow is really good. But, but the reality is, especially in the kids' wing, it's about, it's about them. Let them do what kids do. And they run around, they play, they hide and seek, all that good stuff. So Listen, we, we have all our plans. And once, once they hit the enemy, yeah. not that the kid's an enemy, it doesn't matter. I heard Mike Tyson said this. He said, uh, everybody has a game plan until they get punched in the face. Right. That's good. <laughs> and if we're, the, the truth is parents need to know that even though their kid, the, what they try to do is they try to manage their kid environments like this so it doesn't look bad on them. Yeah. And so what we have to do is take the pressure off and realize is our, we have kids. Yeah. Yep. And this is their church. They should be able to go. And we're not saying knock walls down or anything sure. like that, but we're here to make sure that kid has a phenomenal experience in our environments and the parent can be totally free to be a parent. Yeah. So that's good. That's what I would do. So in summation, basically what we have here for a family-focused experience is that it's not just about the kids, not just about the parents. It's about both and how to win both. Uh, we do that by absorbing as much of the inconvenience that maybe they might feel, uh, any of the stressors that, that kind of can come along with getting kids ready and prepped and get them to church. Uh, so we want to absorb any of that. Uh, Jared, Pastor Greg, any final thoughts? No. I Listen, we just thank you guys. You're awesome. You do a great job. We just do these podcasts to help us stay focused and and uh, make our excellence go up. Yep. And because if we couldn't do this without you, we can't reach you. We can't have meetings all the time. So this is why we do this. And we want to say thank you. You do a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal job Agreed. at reaching our kids and parents. Agreed. Thank you. Jared? I endorse that message. Okay. Wow. Just a quick reminder, Sam. Tell everybody why we he said it, but what's a, what's kind of our tag, tagline for this podcast? It's a really great question. You really put me on the spot here. I did. I did. It's the Next Gen Podcast. It's so that we can equip our leaders to effectively reach the next generation. Uh, just to sum it up, never want to forget why we're doing this. Yeah, correct. So thanks again for, uh, for listening. Hey, and feel free to share this with maybe some of your volunteer friends that may not know about it. Pass it along. Uh, where, where all can they find this? Obviously on iTunes. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, and it's also now in the Google Play Store. Wow. I don't even know what that is, man. <laughs> it's the Android version of iTunes. Ah, right. Gotcha. Anyway, thank you guys. Love you. Thanks for serving. See you all next time. All right. See you guys.